I might say, Cindy, if you move in a tiny bit, if you don't mind. Am I scraping? Sorry now. I think that's good. Like here? Yeah, that's okay. perfect. That's perfect. Okay. That means now your voice will get dominance in this episode, so that's actually really good. <laughs> Should I use my chocolate voice? <laughs> um, I think that's inappropriate and we might get sued. Okay. <laughs> I learned that from Tara Flynn. <laughs> There's a totally different type of show. <laughs> Welcome to the Curiosity Series, an Arts Council podcast commissioned as part of the Council's 70th anniversary celebrations. I'm your host, Maeve Higgins, writer, comedian, podcaster and curious person. In each episode, you'll hear artists involved in music, dance, poetry, literature, visual arts and theatre in conversation with me as they get curious about each other's work and explore the integral role that creativity has played in their lives. We'll also discuss the broader issues and themes that connect their art. I'm joined today by a writer of novels, short stories, non-fiction, and a divisor of theatre, Mia Gallagher, and dance artist Cindy Cummings. Both Mia and Cindy are committed to working collaboratively with other artists across disciplines in their own respective artistic practices. They've done so for the past number of years. Together, we're going to delve into what we mean when we talk about artistic collaboration. So let's see where the conversation takes us. So, Cindy, like you said something a minute ago, you said like a very kind of casual, I think, definition of collaboration. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you looked at somebody, you thought, oh, that's really interesting what you're doing. Will you teach me that? And mm-hmm. then I'll teach you this. Mm-hmm. Is that how you define collaboration? Um I suppose, yes. One of my interests has always been uh, that I get the chance to work with people who are really good at something that I can't do. Mm. And so I always end up learning something. I'm a bit of a curiosity hog. I, I love going, A curiosity hog? Yes. <laughs> like so hungry and so yeah. curious about learning new things. And so I find that collaboration is really an opportunity to be able to do that, to, to yeah. step into a situation, a shared situation, and bring your skills, but then also open yourself up to other skills that you don't have. And so you can always learn something. And I was just very, very lucky out of university to, to be working with people who collaborated. It was, it was a very natural process. This was um, actually in Portland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I worked with them for about five years before I came over to Ireland. And, and I thought it was, a, I thought everyone worked that way. I was so shocked. <laughs> well, I have to say, like, you know, when I think about collaboration, because I started off doing as a stand-up comedian, which is so, mm. you're there on your own on stage and you like live or die by yourself mm. up there. And there was, there's something, there was, I'm saying when I started out, a bit scary about collaboration because mm-hmm. you're handing over control is how I used to see it. Mm. Um, so, like, can you expand on when you came to Ireland? Is that what you found? people who were kind of protective? Absolutely. I think um, resources were very scarce Mm. at that point. And and the dance community, contemporary dance community, was very, very small. There were only, I think, three contemporary dance companies. And I came just post... Um, the National Ballet and Dublin Contemporary Dance Theatre being axed in terms of their funding in 1989. And I just stepped into working with this company here that no longer exists called Eye Contact Dance Theatre. And... um, 
we were just really fortunate to be able to have some startup money to start doing what we were doing. Mm. But there wasn't there, the resources were very thin, and also there just uh, there just weren't that many people in the actual community in the in the dance community. Now, in the arts community, was huge, mm. but not nearly as big as it is now. <laughs> yeah. So do you think, like, around that time, and then I guess you, you met a few years later, Mia, and and that kind of collaboration with all the kind of interdisciplinary uh, collaboration started. How did you see collaboration in your own work, Mia? Yeah, it's a really good question. I guess um, something we sometimes talk about is how, like, collaboration isn't, it's not sort of everybody jumping in together and, mm. you know, with a wing and a prayer and, ah, yeah, like, it, it requires giving and taking mm. of power mm-hmm. and giving and taking mm-hmm. of the space. Mm-hmm. It requires being able to listen and mm. to see, like, much as this interview is about seeing who's, who's input needs to be in the space. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really about understanding when to step back, when to when to lead, mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. to take ownership of something and hold the space mm-hmm. and when not to be in the space at all. Mm-hmm. And um I don't know. I think there's a I think communication and trust are probably the the, the big things with it in my experience. Oh yeah, completely. You have to you have to have constant communication as well. And um <clears throat> something that I think that people sometimes miss when you're making a collaboration or a collaborative project with people there's the idea that you've come together to collaborate mm-hmm. with but then there's the whole layer of how is it that you communicate and collaborate together as well the process and of the it. process of it and the methodology and and that really takes quite a long time mm-hmm. sometimes like some of my collaborators I've worked with for 10 years and it just every single year it seemed to get better and better our collaborations because because at, at a certain point, you almost don't even need to talk to one another. You can really read each other's minds. And also, really good collaborators understand that it's not about you and it's not about them. It's about the work you're making. Mm. And you have to constantly remove yourself to a certain extent to really focus on the work itself because that's the most important thing. So when you know those critical decisions come up... Mm especially when you're making a live performance about <clears throat> a structure or a timing of something mm-hmm. you you have to you have to go back to looking at what the work needs not what you need not what you want mm-hmm. not what you're attached mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. killing your darlings yeah. and that kind of thing yeah mm-hmm. no you have to really go back to the but work itself but it also requires trust so yeah. um, it requires trust because do you know what i'm thinking what if they don't know what to do <laughs> Mm. Like what if they don't know? What if oh, they're going to mess every, up? Every day, what if they're yeah. going to mess it up? <laughs> yeah, and it's yours, yeah. and they mess it up. Yeah, and that that can happen. <laughs> you know, sometimes with best will in the world, it's yeah. just like you're after two different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, or I find that I'm I've been thinking I've been after something, and the other person might have been after. I thought they were after the same thing, but in fact they weren't. Mm. We're really not going to reconcile here. Yeah. We're not going to be able to. It's not going to in, be in tune with itself enough to, to result in something interesting. So sometimes sometimes it's best to walk away as well. Like so-called failure or mistakes, like that's actually, I feel that's where the most learning I get from is. And, you know, I would always say to people, like, especially in a collaboration, never be afraid to walk away. You know, there's no shame in that. Yeah, I think it's that a lot of times is the disparate approaches to work disparate methodologies that just don't match up 
even though you're both really wanting the same thing for whatever the object or the subject of your your interest is. It's just mm-hmm. sometimes you have really different ways going about it and you have to accept it. You have to just say, oh, it's not going to work. I suppose the, the time pressure that everyone is under today as well to uh, make a product, if that is a mm. show or if that is a grant that you have that's about to run out and you need to show something for it. Mm-hmm. Can you speak to the tension between... Um, I mean, art and commerce, really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy. Um, yes, it's still there. That that pressure is still there. And it is a good thing. I think it's a good thing to have a deadline hmm. uh, because otherwise, I mean, you can just keep working away at things and tipping away and never really focus your ideas to a particular day or a festival or whatever. So I think it is good to have that deadline. And it has changed. There used to be very much the belief that you had to have a four-week rehearsal process and then you have a tech week and then you get up and run. Now, some companies still work that way. Mm -hmm. But I think finally uh, funding bodies have copped on to the fact that a lot of artists don't work that way and it really does behoove them to change their strategies and policies Mm -hmm. to support uh, a longer process and a process that can happen in different countries and a process that can happen in different art forms all at the same time. So, So it has changed, luckily. I think anyway. Yeah, I mean, in pu- publishing, like I main my main sort of engagement with the world is through publishing. So, um, and not novels and yeah, yeah, novels, stories, and I like having you know. I just finished an essay today, which I which I sent in. Um, it was a fasty. I got I was invited, you know, just a few weeks a uh, week and a half ago, but um, so so it's nice having a piece of work that's going off into the world. Yeah, but I spent ages writing my novels. Like I just. Spent ages writing them this one the one I'm working on now started off in 2002 as a story so like it's mm. you know hidden into its third decade <laughs> and I think for me um, that's incredible yeah yeah, that's one word <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I just feel that there's there's so much product out in the world that is rushed and mm-hmm. that's fine or that it's being being created purely for commercial ends and that's fine as well it's almost like for me it's like I make a discovery with with the work with writing a novel say and mm-hmm. and and that's great and I really enjoy that but once I've made that discovery I can't remake it you know it's yeah. like the David Foster Wallace thing the problem with a discovery it becomes a habit and the problem with a habit it is it, beca- a tick. it becomes a tick so mm. I, do, I don't particularly want to repeat myself I don't want to repeat myself mm-hmm. so then I've, I've kind of closed down something which is like a maze which I have to find a different way through the maze and the more that I've made the more actually the Pops doors the come down and my feeling is in a way it's like pushing me deeper down then into myself and into not in a narcissistic way or maybe it is to other people who knows but it's like um what what am i re- what do i really care about right now what's mm-hmm. the truth for me not not as a writer i mean that's not very it's not an interesting thing to be a writer but as a human being mm-hmm. in this time and place mm-hmm. with these experiences in this body mm-hmm. with everything that's going on in the world what is important right now? And it can take me a while. I mean, I might gab away at, you know, in an interview or 
around mm. drinks table, whatever. I might gab away thinking I know it all. But it's like to actually turn it into art is a completely different mm. reckoning because mm. I'm going into the unconscious. I'm going into what I don't know about myself, mm. what I what I don't know about the world. And I also want it to be new um, somehow. So, mm. yeah. I have this thing, Mia, I did, a couple of things just kind of tipped off in my brain. Mm. <clears throat> I have this thing that... If I'm really, if someone offers me something or, or something comes up and I feel a bit afraid of yeah. it, I actually go towards it mm. because that for me, like it carries a, a, a kind of an energy that I think, oh, why, why am I, you know, throwing up these defense mechanisms? It's or the something? transgression. Do you do that totally. as well? Like okay. the piece I sent today, yeah. I was quite honest in it about something that I hadn't been honest before, and. Um, I the editor um, wrote me back and I was just I felt really shaky like mm. I kind of don't want like it was like I can't really be putting this in the email that I send out mm. to tell people <laughs> about what I'm doing so mm. a sense of transgression like I've got I've crossed over mm. something crossed over a Rubicon but it feels like if that's all I do from now till I die mm. that's okay that's a life worth living mm. Mm. I worry sometimes though I also think well am I just sort of slightly addicted to doing something really dangerous or like I'm not sure sometimes I don't know but generally speaking and then you were talking about the ticks you mm. both went mm. yes and then it turns into a tick <clears throat> I work with that in movement because I have that all the time you know when I'm going in I go into a studio completely on my own and just start improvising to see what comes up and maybe do some writing or drawing with it too sounding but of course, I have my habits, and I'm watching myself in it. And you work very hard to not get into the head of like, oh, you always do that. Oh, oh. that thing you do. Oh, oh, you learned that from so and so. Oh, your little oh, trick. You're, just, you're doing you're it trick. again. Oh, yeah. clever you. <laughs> blah blah. Yeah, it's like one of my teachers, Dana writes this really amazing. She was in uh, Einstein on the Beach, the dancer in Einstein on the Beach, and she had this really great image of a big blackbird sitting on your shoulder, going nya, 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 in your ear, yeah. right? But I do what I do is I call it rerouting the riffs mm. so you do, if you mm. look at it as a riff mm. like like mm. a guitarist mm. Mm. you just take the riff and you mm. just take it in a different direction yeah and it's so. like and, and also there's always further to go like mm. there's always a better question to ask yeah. you know it's like what am I feeling now I'm feeling mm. this yeah written that before okay underneath that I, I, I mm. often find like the thing the thing that I'm writing about that I want to write about but that I don't want to write about that kind of Tension is usually manifests in something very simple, but it's like having a dream. Remember our dream workshop? It's yeah, like having yeah. a dream mm -hmm. and someone's going, oh, and what's your relationship with blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, well, they remind me. Like, I remember I was going through bad stuff with my husband at one stage. I remember saying to a friend, oh, I've just had this dream and I dreamt that my back was against a wall. Oh. <laughs> what could it be? <laughs> like, you know, it's coming out. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's so wonderful to actually see you while you're talking and I wish the people listening to the podcast could see you because, I mean, Mia, you too, if, if, if I look you up online, it's like, you know, oh, oh, she's a writer. But the way you're moving and the way you're, mm. Um, you know, all of your body language and when you're talking about... Um, um, while you're talking, yeah, it's stuff that happens in your head. Like to me, mm. like writing is words, it happens in your head, it, mm. verbal, you know. Mm. But I, I suppose what you must bring to it is embodying mm. that. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. how do you start to do that even? 
If it doesn't, if you haven't been a dancer, if you haven't been a mover. Oh, um, well, you can do a really simple thing that my uh, teacher, Deborah Hay, the Tommy, mm-hmm. and she, a lot of her practice, she uses the word notice and noticing mm-hmm. to re- just notice like even how you're sitting on the chair and what your feet are doing and how you're holding your hands and what mm-hmm. your clothes feel like on your body and your hair and what your eyes are seeing and what your ears are hearing. And I mean, you can try for oh, that wow. simultaneity or you can just really focus on one thing at a time and really... Uh, uh, go into it deeper and your breath is one of the best ways. Um, That's why I think yoga is so popular Hmm. is because people drop into their bodies and really notice what's going on when probably maybe they haven't in Mm. their entire Mm. lives, you know. Mm. And then once you start practicing it, it becomes almost second nature. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't even remember not being able to notice for me anyway. Mm. Um, and on this simultaneity, I suppose, mm. like, then when you go to make a piece or work, you have to select one thing then, do you? Because it's hard to kind of reproduce that feeling of simultaneity. Mm. Yes. So the then the job is to direct and, and uh, create a specificity with the simultaneity. Okay. At the same time. Oh, I love these words. <laughs> the job is to direct is to direct a specificity mm-hmm. out of the simultaneity. Yes, yes. Do, what does, does that mean? Like, what does that mean? Does that mean? It means you have to choose. Yes, mm, yeah. unfortunately, you have to choose. And Even that's where different mediums have come all up of and these different yeah. things coming in all at the same mm. time. And I'm I'm just talking about if you're on your own. Now, if you have mm-hmm. other people in the room, then that doubles and triples and quadruples the amount of information mm-hmm. that's coming in towards you and that you're responding to on a conscious and even on unconscious level. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, it's it's really, it takes a lot of concentration and mm-hmm. a lot of practice to to get to that place. But it is possible for, for moments. See, because then usually yeah. what happens is you do notice and you're, you're directing the noticing and you're making the choices and everything, but then you become conscious of making the choices, which means that you're actually yeah. not in the moment mm, anymore. You're out of it then. Yeah. Oh, what a yeah. great choice. Yeah. Oh, this is really bang Look at with me them. making wow. a great choice. <laughs> Love it, people. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's yeah. A, that. Yeah, the commenter. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. strike goes they on all the time. Yep. Yeah, I um, love this. It's beautiful. So it's practice, 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 like anything. I mean, this mm. is this is one of the things people when I tell them I dance, one of their responses is, oh, "That must be so much fun. <laughs> Gosh, you must have a really good time." And, and I'm you're thinking, just kind of like a spinning top, well, just like buzzing around the room or something. Yeah, but it's also a lot of work yeah. <laughs> and yeah. a lot, a lot of practice. You and, know? But it's a lot of work also in awareness. Mm. You know, um, Cindy did this beautiful, it was a Deborah Hay, Deborah Hay piece, is mm-hmm. that Yeah, called On yeah. Beauty. And mm-hmm. it was just, it was just magnificent. And it was, and I still can see Cindy move it through the space in Project and mm. there were things that I recognised. There's a particular way um, Cindy has of putting her toe, her toes <laughs> down in the in a particular <laughs> order. And I could see that happening. But I could also see things I hadn't seen before mm. in Cindy's body and through Cindy's body. And she had a black dress on, a bit mm. like this. I'm wearing a voluminous, beautiful cos, um, corrugated <laughs> green um, top for your listeners. And Cindy had a similar top that was black. And oh. I just remember her moving through it. And it was 
it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. But it felt like as I was watching it, I felt my own awareness and attention dropping in. Like I was really felt really like, hmm, like I can mm. just sit and and be rendered um, receptive and kind of sit and just soak this in. I just really enjoyed being present mm. in the presence of presence. And it just seems to me like there's a sort of never-ending perfect future, which is, you know, teleophilic. It's sort of like addicted to an ending. And it's also addicted to running, to jumping to, to an ending without going through process. Mm-hmm. So watching yeah. something like Cindy's performance in that, and generally Cindy's work is like, it's like, oh, there's no shortcut to the ending. Yeah. I'm just here. And I I I really like that having to be having to be here. You know, mm. not not a lot of not a lot of contexts allow me to just sit here and be here mm. in whatever space I am without a judgment. Yeah. Well, especially I I feel for live performance that I well, this is just my thing, but I think I have a huge responsibility to um to the audience to mm-hmm. communicate something to be to be present to be open and invite them into what it is that I'm experiencing and you feel that responsibility why because they've come to see you or because they're just other people mm. in the world they or... have gone out of their way to pay to go into a dark space now I'm talking very generally speaking mm. usually in a really dodgy neighborhood <laughs> and then yeah. they probably you know either had to drive or take public transport to get there you know they've got yeah people have gone out of their right. way to come and say okay what do you got mm. and I just feel I, I quit for a while. I actually, I did quit for a while because I didn't know what I wanted to say. I didn't mm-hmm. feel like I had a right to be up there because I wasn't clear about what I was doing anymore. So I just quit. I didn't perform for a good few years and um, until I, I remembered what it was about and found something that I wanted to say. So, yeah. What did you do in that time? Waitressing. Huh? <laughs> like yeah. lots of people. And teaching. Yeah. Um, actually, uh, when I first came here, my background in improvisation and collaborative work was really um, very uh, helpful to getting jobs because there weren't that many people around with that kind of background and training, particularly in dance. Um, and also because what I do has always kind of crossed over into theatre and into live art and, you know, the boundaries yeah. between all these I, things I like are a bit how fuzzy, you, you know. You, you kind of respectfully disregard the boundaries. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's <Respectfully>, a very... <laughs> yes. I know that people put them up, but I, you know. Oh, I didn't notice that boundary. Oh, oh hey. Um, so teaching, teaching actually I got see. me through as well. And and I found the um, youth theatre um, yeah. movement here in Ireland, the whole, mm. I mean, it's really incredible. It's incredibly well-organised uh, culture of young people and people really devoted to teaching young people drama. Um, and, and, and inclusive and like, very inclusive you know, and yeah. so I for a good few years was travelling around the country just working with just about every youth theatre you can name um, and yeah. teach and dance with them you know Yeah, which was great fun it was fantastic you know I got to go around and stay in all these crunchy old B&Bs <laughs> and things you know yeah. <laughs> um, so what, what do you see um, the role of an artist oh. is right now I can only speak speak for myself so for me I've always felt a, a pressure to somehow 
take in the reality and somehow respond to it. But everybody does that. And it sounds very bland when mm-hmm. I say it like that. Um, but Take I, in the reality and respond to it. Yeah. Everybody doesn't do that, though. We do everything we can not to take in the reality. <laughs> Maybe not respond as well or, or, or run away respond, from which it. Which in a way yeah. is, is a response, yeah. a very powerful mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It is, yeah. I suppose, I suppose like for me, I just want, but also like in my whole life, that it's got to be somehow integrated. And also it's like it's, I feel it's urgent to feel afraid these days. It's mm. urgent not to take the eye off the ball. Like there is, the oceans are, the, reef, the reefs are, are bleaching, the forests are burning, the oceans mm-hmm. are boiling, the ice is melting. There are, these are, there are a whole load of complex factors mm-hmm. in that aren't just climate change. But it's like there's, I would rather be afraid and active and somehow responding to that then not then then trying to feel comfortable all the time, I mm-hmm. guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is yeah. Is that making is that resonating with you? So some people, I think some artists are are finding ways to respond, absolutely respond to what's going on and, and I I quite like that. I'd love to know what you're working on these days. Well, I have several projects happening, but the main one is called Olga, and it is inspired by an ancestor of mine that I discovered recently who was a vaudeville performer uh, in the early 20th century in America. And this project, I would not have been able to do it. It started during COVID, and it was largely because the Watergate Theatre in Kilkenny was generous enough to allow me to come into the empty theatre and use it as a studio space to develop the work. So yeah, I'm working away on that, and I'm collaborating uh, with uh, a friend of mine who's a composer, uh, Dave Boyd, Mm. who is based in Portugal. He's from Northern Ireland originally, but he's based in Portugal at the moment. And so, why would you leave Northern Ireland for Portugal? I don't know. (laughs) It seems a bit mad, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, And uh, although he's more working, he's coming back to work more often in Ireland uh, these days. But um, yeah, he and I are kind of tipping away at. writing a few songs and... I just uh, love the modesty. I think it's because I've been living in America for years, but when, you know, you with your huge body of work and all these collaborations, we're tipping away <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. on a couple yeah. of songs yeah. and then yeah. it'll just probably be this brilliant be a, piece of yeah. work. Documentary film, maybe. Wow. I, I'm, I'm just really interested also in, in talking about uh, what it's like to be a solo female performer, mm. and that which is what she was yeah. and what I am as well. So there are all of these really, uh, besides that, there are other coincidences, I suppose you could call them, or crossovers uh, uh, in themes about the, the way she worked and the way I worked. And it's, yeah, it's just kind of a, a really compelling um, piece of work. And, and what I like is I feel like it's probably going to take as long as your book. <laughs> like it could take 10 years mm, to, yeah. to make mm. this. And I don't mind. Mm. I'm okay with that. Mm. It's going to take as long as it takes. In the meantime, I'll do the teaching stuff and, you know, yeah. like goodbye mm. with other work too. Oh, that sounds amazing. Mm. Yeah. Does that, que- is, it, is it an annoying question when people ask, like, what, what's next? Like, is that, uh, is it kind of a... Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, good question. I mean, I love talking about process, and I also, as I've got older and more experienced, 
I enjoy being as honest as I can be about process. Mm. So if I'm talking to somebody who's like feeling terrible because they've spent three years on something, well, you know, it's like it, it'll take as long as it needs to. Mm-hmm. But I, I f- yeah, so I'm working on a book. It's like it's not working in the same way. The process is very different to the last two. So the first one was like a real and it yeah. kind of came out really fast. And then I, I sort of... It, made it relatively quickly and the second one was like a bricolage like a montage I was picking bits together and trying to construct a sort of very sculptural feeling to it and then this one I tried those two processes and neither of them worked fully Hmm. so now I have something but I have an image that's starting to play at the back of my mind that I saw on something a couple of weeks ago and I feel that that image is a key into the shape of it and the shape of it it's almost like for me the experience I really I really resonate with what what Cindy's saying about um the audience like for me I write something and I have an intention of what I want people to feel. Mm. I don't know what they're going to feel. So all I know is when I'm reading it, what I feel. Yeah. So that's my test. Um, but I do, it is written to create a sensation or to create a feeling. And when I leave a character at the end of the book, I I have to check in with that and see how do I feel about where I've left the character? Is it a yeah. terrible place to have left them? Is that the right place to have left them? Yeah. So with this one, so kind of the structural shape of them often gives me the sense of like, oh yeah, I think I think this is what it's about. And I'm starting to get ideas pinging now after 20 years. Um, I'm starting to feel almost on planet novel, which is mm-hmm. what I always look forward to where I, I can't do anything but it. It's mm-hmm. like the dinner under the door. Oh. And I'm just like one idea and I'm waking up in the middle of the night and taking notes. I'm not quite there yet, but I'm starting to. So anyway, that's the very long rambling answer <laughs> oh, to I love it. my tipping away. Yeah. Um, and in the meantime, I guess what my, my hope is, I suppose, to be as embodied and as authentic a person as, as possible. That's our episode. Thank you so much for listening. Stay tuned to the Arts Council website and social media channels. That's where we'll announce our next guests. Now, if you enjoyed the episode, please like it, please rate it, subscribe to the series and share with others. Doing that really helps us to spread the word about these wonderful conversations. Huge thanks to the artists who joined us this week and to our audio engineer, Dean Jones, at Scimitar Sound. This series is produced by Milestone Inventive and Big O on behalf of the Arts Council of Ireland. See you again in a fortnight.